Welcome to another episode of Modern Life. This week, we're talking about one of the greatest holiday movies of all time, Love Actually. <laughs> Before we get into that, quick shout out. If you want to reach out to us, if there's something you want to talk, you know, you want to hear us talk about, or if you just want to say hi or give us some feedback, you can reach us on Instagram or on Twitter at Modern Life Pod. You can also email us. Our email address is modernlifepod at gmail.com. Let's get into it. All right, so I'm your humble host, Sam. I'm here with my sister, Tabby, hey. and my lovely girlfriend, Stacy. How are you guys? Hi. Hi. Um, we're going to talk about love, actually, today. Before we get into that, we're going to do our signature segment, Modern <laughs> Thoughts. <laughs> What's on your guys' mind this week? Go, Stacey. Um, I was just going to talk about how... Um, Fashion right now has is bringing back um, wide legged pants and um, I've seen that. I don't flares. know how I feel about that. So um, the seventies, you know, what's that called? The bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. Except they're not touching the ground a lot and of the time. And they're like short. And uh, uh, right. Yeah. I'm we, not a fan of any of these old school, fa- like the high waisted mom jeans. Any I like these? the high waisted. Oh, I like the hum- no, not he's saying the high waisted mom jeans. So when they're like really loose and the teenagers are wearing them like up here oh. and then like with the belts, that no, I, you like the mom jeans. You, you the lower. No, I'm waisted. saying the high the high yeah. waist washed out, cutting the jeans like like you just took them out of your mom's closet in the yeah, '90s. What? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and now we got bell bottoms. Um, this I, is a great. This is a great. I don't one. know what's happening. <laughs> I, I I just I, I get that we recycle our clothing, but I feel like this is one clothing thing that needs to be put to rest, and is just keeps coming up and torturing. Did you hear? Corsets are coming back too. <laughs> oh, those have never got out. <laughs> <laughs> the bell bottom. Yeah, they look great in Colombo, but I yeah. don't know if we need to. Or the the high waist jean shorts where your ass is hanging out. I like those. I don't need to see your ass cheeks when I'm like going out for dinner. I don't. <laughs> I just. I don't get the. Um, Everyone leggings. wear their skirts down to their ankles. <laughs> the, <laughs> the leggings for pants that I'm not. Well, that's been a thing forever. I know, but it, I like the leggings for pants if you're wearing like a tunic over it or. But then people wear like the midriff tops and the leggings and I'm like, ooh, I can see everything. Like, yeah, that's like a, that's, that's. A new thing with the short waist. Now that's where they're combining two different styles because they're taking like the the seventies like cropped shirts and oh, that's also 90s. that's a big comeback and too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. With the like now trying to combine it with a legging look and yeah, unless you're a stick, um, that do- doesn't work for most people. But people are still doing it, so it's it's an interesting. Wow, uh, like we're really we tape. sound really uh, <laughs> prudent. <laughs> Fashion police. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on my mind, I recently listened to this Audible exclusive thing um, by Esther Perel. Um, 
She has a podcast what, too. I've never heard of her. What, what are these? I just saw this ad. What What are Audible exclusives? Oh, Can you it's explain just this these, to me? You get a choice of two each month. Okay. Like this is no, an audiobook that you can like, only find on Audible? This sounds like we're being sponsored by Audible no. and we're sneaking it in here. <laughs> <laughs> is, this like, is this like a Netflix original? Like an yeah, Audible? Exactly. So almost, they're like, do they publish the book too? Or it's but they're not, odd, like audio only? Um... It depends. Huh. Like, they'll okay. have a special reading by famous celebrities of Emma, for example. God. Um, but okay. most of them are really short. Um, this Esther Perel one isn't a book at all. So she has a huge following, but this is the first time I've ever heard of her. She's a um, relationship therapist. Okay. Um, Guru? No, because I think she has a degree. Okay. Um can I have a degree and be a guru? You can't be a... I guess, yeah. Anyway. Nice. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> what was it about? <laughs> so after th- that job, being like talking people through their relationship problems is probably one of the worst things I could imagine af- after like being a divorce lawyer. If the people really? want to do that kind of job, I'm just like, you're out of your mind. Um, divorce lawyers make great money. Oh, God. Mm, yes, can they you do. imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> um, I actually think that being a white... Uh, like a white tailored, like what for white crime, you know, like, uh, oh, okay. like, that would be worse for me. Okay. Like having to defend oh, yeah. those people yeah. would be worse to yeah. me than, than being uh, do, a, You can do something fun. Trademark lawyers like a, make yeah. a lot of money. Or like money. a public defender where you have to, yeah. have to defend this rapist for this uh, crime. Yeah. <laughs> I know people yeah. do that. I don't really understand how most people do any of the lawyer stuff and yeah. Going off topic. Okay, what okay, happened sorry. with the relationship well, advice? It's not even that I'm not into it, but it's just these recordings of the sessions and people's names are not on there. So their voices are, but not their names. Um, And it's just, their their problems are not even that interesting, but just watching her work, I think we're just attracted or there's something really alluring about people who are very, very good at what they do, Mm -hmm. no matter what that topic is. And the tips and things and like how to talk about emotions and things that I'm not even hearing, but she taps into right away. It, huh. it's, I find that absolutely fascinating. Sounds interesting. There was one example of a family that was dealing with a daughter. This is really big in Japan right now, is the people who lock themselves in their room. They don't come out. They what? don't have normal social interactions besides the ones online. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, they oh have I see people, what you're saying. Okay. They have people bring them food. They, like, they don't leave the house. How do they make money? I have no idea. That like was something online, probably. Well, this family was supporting their daughter. Oh, like okay. the daughter wasn't working. Their daughter wasn't doing anything. And Esther Perel brought up this really good point of, I can see myself. I'm doing this too in my life. How when you're online, you can curate the type of social interactions you want to have. You don't right. have to put up with certain things. Sure. You can be like block. You and I see this on Tumblr too, where these kids are just like, you need to tag. Bunnies, because they bring up trauma of my past, blah, blah, blah. And it's like you can't control all the information coming towards you. And I feel like with online, because you can sort of do that online, people now have this expectation of their whole reality being catered towards them. I don't think Mm -hmm. that's a very healthy way of dealing with your trauma. Right. And I don't think it's ever going to work. And also, I love social interactions online. I'm all for it, but there's different cues and Hmm. things you do with your body that you're not going to pick up on. And I think maybe we're coming into this age of people now not being as good at communicating, at doing interviews, at 
the social in-person mm. things than they are at doing it online. Yeah. I just thought that was one of the sessions I thought was really interesting. But I also see, I see into the future and I see like the whole promise of technology. I mean, I think there's more and more Facebook just came out with the self moving camera, like video chat thing. And mm. there's also all this promise of, you know, the virtual reality where you can talk to someone that's halfway across the world, but you're both wearing these headsets and it'll seem like you're in the same room together. I oh, think, I just think we have this hiccup. Okay. As oh, advanced yeah. as it may seem right now, I think this is like, we're, we're, if, we're still, stone. if we're still around in a mm. hundred years, like they're going to look back at this time period. It's really just the beginning of all this crazy technology. Mm. And I think because it's, because it's in a way so, I think primitive when we'll look back on it. So I, th I think it's just a hiccup and maybe there will be like that lost, you know, time magazine a hundred years from now is going to write the last generation. Right. People who like can't <laughs> communicate properly. I don't know, but huh. I just, you know, yeah. just putting a positive spin on it. I don't think it's always, if, if that's the way you see the future, I don't think it's always going to be like that either. Yeah. You know, like stuff's going to evolve. Yeah. What's your thing? What's, what are you thinking? My about? thing I just started reading about this concept and it's super, I'm just at the very, there's a whole book about it and I have not, I want to dive into this more because for whatever reason, it sort of fascinates me, but I just started reading about this like two days ago. It's a concept. Um, the author's called Nassim Taleb and it's, it's called anti-fragility, which I've never heard of before. It's kind of this clunky word, but basically what it describes at the core of it is the concept of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's almost the best way to explain anti-fragility. But to break it down even more, so if you break it down to three categories, there's fragile things, which like if I have a wine glass and I knock it off the table, it's fragile, it's going to break, right? That would be a fragile thing. There are robust items, which if I have a plastic cup and I knock it off the table, it's not going to break, but nothing happens either, right? It's still a plastic cup. And then there's anti-fragile items. And the best way to think about that is almost like the human immune system or your bones where like your immune system, if you just live in a bubble, your immune system is going to go, you know, it's not going to do well. Like you have to be, you have to mm, stress exposed. it and you have to expose it. And the whole concept of anti-fragility is it's things that get get better when you stress them out. So like your muscles. Yeah. Like really almost anything in your body. And so he's applying this, he's trying to apply this concept. And this is what I just started to get into. And there's a whole world of reading out there on this, but he wants to apply that concept of anti-fragility to, I mean, almost capitalism. Like that's his whole grand idea. So if you think about like the airplane industry, when there's an airplane crash, we learn from it, right? What happened with the plane? Can we, the thing that broke on that plane, can we fix that on all the other same planes that are out there? So when a plane crashes, ultimately it's less likely that there'll be another plane crash, like, cause you learn from it, right? Or that there'll be another plane crash from that exact same thing. Um, the opposite of that being, if you think of the financial crisis in 06, 07, when one bank crashes, it's, it's almost like a domino effect. Other banks are going to fail, right? So that's, that's the opposite of anti-fragility. And he says, we need to set up systems in our life so that doesn't happen. That every, everything in your life is where, you know, when it gets stressed or it fails, it gets better. It doesn't get worse. 
so anyway, so that's just the basic concept of it, and I kind of, I mean, it just goes back to the saying of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and he kind of, he's trying to prove all that, really, and there's this whole world. I kind of want to get the book and read more about it, because I kind of find it fascinating, but that's what's hmm. been on my mind. All right. Yeah. Okay. Shall we? Let's do this. Love, actually. Okay, so just a quick summary if there can be a summary, this is the Christmas, this is a Christmas movie, mm -hmm. uh, different stories happening and they all kind of interweave, which I love that kind of storytelling. There's, go ahead. I was trying to think, is that, when I think of a movie where all these stories interweave, like was that, I can't think of a movie before Love Actually that really, I'm sure there is and I just can't think about it. Oh, I'm. Sure. Yeah, but there's, there's kind of is one in a series. So the American version of this Valentine's Day was, to me, extremely disappointing. I did not enjoy that movie. I never saw movie. it. I never heard anything And then there's it. the Hot Summer Days was the, the Chinese version. I've seen that movie twice. I wish I could watch it every day. It's really, really good. I just, I just feel like After Love, actually, it almost... Not it almost created that genre because you had you had the Valentine's Day. There was also the American, I think, New Year's movie, which was like a follow up to the Valentine's oh, Day really? movie. I've yeah, never I heard think of it that. was like Aston Kutcher and whatever. Um, then you had the drama version, like Crash, which won all the Oscars that year, if you remember. Well, I mean, if you go back all into Hugh Grant's, Hugh Grant's history, there was uh, four weddings and a funeral, and that's kind of similar. I guess you're right to like the different storylines mm. and kind of interconnecting. So I don't think it was like new, I just but I think it was. Love Definitely actually broader. is the perfect, it perfectly pulled it off, I think. It's like the mm -hmm. pinnacle of stories intertwining, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they yeah. did a really nice job with it. it it's yeah. it's interwoven very interwoven. nicely. Interwoven. So we start the movie off with the Christmas song recording, which, oh. as you pointed out... What's the guy's name? Bill? Is it Billy, Billy Nye? Bill, Bill Nye. Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. The um, science guy. You would not record that with all the singers <laughs> in one room. That's not how that happens. And then also, one of the background singers isn't wearing a bra, and it's all I ever look at in that I scene. I never noticed that. It's funny, <laughs> when, like, when you're watching a movie specifically to then analyze it and talk about it, I, I just... Because I never noticed... Like I've done some very light recording stuff for music in a studio, and I never, I never even thought about. It. I've watched this movie, I don't know, fifteen times, and then the second I watch it to do a podcast on it, I'm like, oh, they would never record audio. It, it just, it's funny when you watch a movie specifically to break it down. I just notice completely. And different he's things. also not wearing headphones, is he? Because no, he, he is. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty okay, sure. Okay, never mind. But yeah, the, the backup singers are right next to him, and it's like it would just all bleed over each other's microphone. It's just the stupid things you notice when you're breaking a movie down that you would never notice otherwise. Um, but yeah, this movie really, it's, it's a nice, especially now in 2018, it's like you notice the, oh, damn, yeah. the, the terrible ringtones from the first cell. I mean, this movie, what came out 2003, 2001 or 2003. I don't remember, you know, first cell phone, terrible ringtones. There's some terrible, fashion still left over from the 90s that bleeds into this movie <laughs> like the the guy who was uh i can never think of his name andrew lincoln he's wearing this sweater he's wearing this sweater that's got it's these four bars of it's like four bars of different colors and it's the most it's like brown and vomit green i think and that who's andrew i think that oh, all yeah. of the i think that all of the outfits for the males in this movie are pretty horrible are fairly terrible yeah they're like really like the oversized sweatshirts with like just i don't know 
It's, they're all really Andrew bad. Andrew Lincoln's the guy who's, yeah, uh, yeah the guy from nice The Walking Dead. They look nice in their wedding though. suits. The, the wedding scene? The, yeah, but then the... And then the, the, Kara the, Knightley the, the looked terrible. Wedding dress was awful. She has these, like, feathers coming out of everywhere in the so what, Kara trumpet Knightley sleeves. can never close her mouth in this movie, or most movies <laughs> in general. Well, <laughs> there's a fascination. Like, always she plays slightly off. a... I don't, I don't know if she's aware of this and she's like playing up her cuteness. Or no, she's it's, playing up her lips. Her lips are amazing. Like, and so everybody is, is, yeah, people are like focused on those lips. Trust it's like me. It's like her little bunny teeth sticking out. She's got her <laughs> mouth just like oh, slightly God. ajar. Oh God, I think like, she's I'm, so pretty. I'm so cute and adorable. <laughs> she tried. I can't stand her. She like really. I, I them are fighting her. words. She is, she is like I too. I love her. She's too British. I need you like, to leave. Too cute. Yeah, I think it might. I, I think you maybe leave. just need to like just be quiet. It's like too much for me. Yeah, just just. <laughs> like you know how I can't do Emma Watson because of her accent. Yeah, I know. We disagree on this fact too. Like Kira Knightley is no, but hers the is human not... version of Emma Watson's accent Voice. to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> she's just it's just too petite like I'm just so cute it's just too much can I I'm just sorry. point out that if you include the Titanic that they watched on the TV mm-hmm. this movie includes all the principal characters from Sense and Sensibility does it? yeah yep huh well look at that mm-hmm. fun fact fun fact <laughs> Um, Did you guys have a problem with Andrew? Because I see this pop up sometimes with Andrew Lincoln's storyline with Karen Knightley. Because I've seen people say that he's kind of like a weird stalker and then well, she kisses him Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, he does have this... You know that you, we all commented on the fact the rear window was in the... Uh, in oh, yeah! Well, rear window, oh, they did that on purpose. I didn't put those two things together. Yeah, they actually did it on purpose. They put it in there to catch that it was all like... Really? Yeah, that it was huh. like this weird fascination with like like voyeurism and like kind of stalking her and like... Interesting. Yeah. That's I, that's super smart. I just don't see it like that because I, he's not going out of his apartment to find her. Yeah. It's just like no, at I the wedding and at other. No, but it was just like an at. interesting like. It, I thought it was a nice detail to put in there to like make you think about like how. Yeah, I just I watched a video essay on this the other day, and <laughs> I loved and the video essay was really really good. But I just don't see him as then at the end getting his reward and getting their kiss and like that's her being like i feel for you and then and then him walking away and being like, him, like i'm done uh, that's enough well, like this is the thing i feel like from start to finish he's he's a very good friend like so yeah, he's think, like yeah. this whole thing from start to finish like i feel like the kiss shouldn't have happened really because for me i see it like her reaching out to him and like finalizing that ending of that and them now becoming friends because he hasn't allowed himself to be friends with her. Yeah, I don't her. know that the kiss is necessary, though. Yeah, I feel like it I think his happy ending it. is just that he doesn't have to repress his feelings. Everything's out and everybody's cool and they can get along. Yeah, like, like that, that's... I feel like the okay. kiss just, like, kind of added a flaw to her. I didn't. Like I just his... didn't see it as a romantic thing. I saw it as a, the way like yeah, Europeans no. kiss each other. Yeah. Not British people because they don't have feelings like Germans. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, but that's my point. They're British, so it doesn't really make sense in the in the character role. I don't yeah. know. To me, it just she should have okay. just given I, him a I, hug. I can, I can yeah, take just it like a hug. It, it would have yeah. like been enough for me. Maybe yeah. squeeze his left butt cheek a little. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like a little brush, you know, something. <laughs> but a kiss is just going too far. <laughs> So I didn't know the director, his name is Richard Curtis, and this was the first movie he ever directed. 
which props to him because it's a damn masterpiece. All right, <laughs> you know that it's a holiday miracle. You know that originally it was two miracle. scripts that they uh, two completely separate scripts that they combined into one. I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. actually, the Colin Firth and the Hugh Grant were the leading roles of both movies, and mm. then they combined it to make it into, and that there was originally fourteen. Who's Colin Firth? Colin Firth was supposed to be. Colin Firth was the writer that fell in love with. Um, oh, okay, yeah, okay, that makes. I could see him in that. Non-speaking. Non-speak. She does speak. <laughs> Damn. No, I was going to say non-speaking relationship in the sense that they can't speak to each other. She's a mute. <laughs> She's one of my favorite characters in this whole thing. Is she? Is she Spanish? Where, no, where she's Portuguese. 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 That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she, I think she's the cutest woman in the whole movie. Yeah, well, I, I actually, I actually like all of the the women in the movie, like the lead characters, and I like how they're all except for the German one. Well, you know what? Also, you know, can, in the can movie, we they clarify to the out. audience who you hate? Okay. So you know, the there's Red that Devil. whole plot line with Emma, with Al- Alan, Dad. Alan Rickman's <laughs> and Alan secretary, Rickman's. and then there's the secretary, <laughs> who, by the way, I cannot stand. I think she does, it, like. To I'll me, just be represents standing all under the mistletoe, the... <laughs> waiting to be kissed. You're like, oh lord! Just all the awful people out there that are like, go and try and break up happy couples. And she just... really goes out of her way. Can she I... goes like out of her way. Now I'm not making him innocent because obviously he's not. No, he's not. But at the same time, in the movie, they cut out the fact that they actually do have a full blown affair. Okay, and can, that... I'm always unsure about that. I was going to ask you guys. Yeah, no, no. They, I don't they... understand if he dropped, if he gave her the necklace at work after the shopping. Yeah, well, supposedly there was a deleted sex. scene, and they did have a full blown affair. Oh, really? Because I and feel like I've seen all together. the deleted scenes. Um, so I, they had read, sex. Yeah, they did have sex. Okay, oh. got it. Um, but you don't. They cut that out, so you just I you can assume. Yeah, I don't think that was necessary. I, I think, think it really? was because I was confused. <laughs> oh, really? it, 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 there's a there's a gap there where you're like. I just think it's enough that he buys this super expensive necklace for like. Well, the, the thing is, that I think they don't want you to fully hate. His character, and I yeah. think that's why they take it out. But for me, I didn't like it. I didn't like him or her from the to gloss over it. Yeah, like so much. Yeah, but other than that, even her with her bug eyes. Um, <laughs> Globschaugen. <laughs> uh, yeah, her with her bug eyes prettiness that is, I guess is pretty, but I don't find attractive at all. I think all the women in the movie are like flawed, but perfect, like like beautiful in their own rights. Oh my god. Um, there is something that I find really upsetting, and if this was a thing of the past, except it's not, it's all the constant fat jokes, like the, him. You know that they made Emma Watson wear a fat suit for her Emma Watson? I mean, Emma, sorry. Oh, that's right, she has a cameo, you're right. (laughs) Emma Thompson actually was wearing a fat suit. Wait, what? Yeah, she's skinny. Shut up. Yeah, she's skinny. She's, she's not even fat in the movie. What are you talking about? They made her that scene where she's got a like little Like a little bit, more of a mother? Yeah, they like wanted her to look That's more motherly, weird. so they made her put on like huh. hmm. a fat suit. But it's like I watch movies nowadays and there's still the uh equalizing fat with being ugly. And this movie does this nonstop. Like the nonstop. sister. No, I actually yeah. think I actually I actually think that they uh, do uh, they do a nice job of highlighting it but not because the, he still thinks she's beautiful, even though everybody else thinks she's like got a huge ass. You mean the Hugh Grant? Yeah, love? I like like how they kind of play with that a little bit because that, that a I stick don't... figure like this. It's yeah, especially right then because you remember this was made a couple years ago before this whole body image became more prevalent and more like focused on, where everybody in movies was like a Keira Knightley. You know what I mean? I just like, don't need the like 
Bill Nye calling his manager fat all the time and he's ugly. And then the sister at the end, are like, oh, of course I don't want to marry that sister. Like, look at her. Like, no, I don't need I, that. Like, Bill Nye thing doesn't bother me at all. It's just that's just how guys would talk to each other. I feel like. Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't think that like this it. was you're looking at it from a stand. Uh, at least. For me, it's like you're looking at it from a standpoint of today and how we're all ultra sensitive about certain Except things. Except we're not. I still see this in movies that came out like last year. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, don't know. I think we're I don't moving in the right it. direction. I we're think moving in the still, right direction. I still you're think right. that cast different body images and different body types. Um, I find like I feel like a lot of movies don't do that, and this one definitely uh, used those female leads as actual leads. Like you see an aging woman, you know, like a woman mm. that's up there in age, like still looking tr- attractive at which wasn't really done back then. It was more like this perfect image. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Another thing this movie does, which was when this movie came out in 2003, this was revolutionary for me at the time of showing at least hints of like homosexuality in a major movie. Like, her asking Andrew Lincoln at the wedding, like, oh, do you love him? And then also when the dad asks his son, like, oh, are you in love with a boy or a girl? Like, that hmm. was really significant to me at the time. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was definitely not done, like, in a negative way. It was always done in, like, this kind of, like, matter of fact. And I feel like if this movie came out today, there would be more clarity between the Bill Nye and his manager and what that relationship is. Because to me in the movie, it's romantic, but then again, they don't... Really? They don't say it. No. Oh no, I never got romantic. No, it's not I got, romantic I, got at all. I got I got like best friends. No, he's they're just like literally the best of friends. Maybe it's like a gay baiting thing. I don't know. No. <laughs> the no. best of friends? You don't think it's romantic? No, not even no. slightly. Like the I, Bill, I, I just the Bill get Nye that they, character like, is obsessed with naked chicks and yeah. like drugs and rock and roll. He, he's just like he just realized that's like wasn't sure his that best was friend and he loves him. Like there's just nothing romantic Yeah, it's kind of like a bromance is what I get from okay. it. It's like one of the first like, yeah, he's great like, let's romances. go watch porn together. And then at the end of the movie, you see him with like another chick. Like, yeah, and just to no. me, that was like an image he was creating and then his one true love was like his manager. No, 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 no. no, no. Well, I'm going to believe what I believe. And right, go ahead. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next thing? Oh, also the Britney Spears joke is one of my favorite jokes in this. Oh, it's good. when he's in the radio station. Oh. <laughs> he goes, uh, <laughs> "What's the best shag you've ever had?" He goes, "Britney Spears." Just kidding. She was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great laugh. What's our favorite character from the movie? No, what's her? I don't have a favorite character. You have a favorite character? Favorite storyline. Oh. Yours is Colin, God of no, Sex. No, see, Colin, God of Sex is my favorite character. I don't know that it's my favorite story. So what's it's your favorite? It's a very short, ridiculous story. So what's your favorite story? Yeah, but you line? realize that 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 whole scene in uh in the bar where he meets all the you know that he didn't get paid for that. He actually gave back. He had so much fun filming it that he actually gave back his paycheck for the day. What? Yeah. No. Fun fact. Stop it. Look it up. I had so much fun. Here, take my money. <laughs> Who does no, that? I don't know, but he did. He wasn't big at the time. Either, I know. So. Um, that Video sounds game like urban, developers. That sounds like urban <laughs> I don't need to get legend. paid for anything I do. That sounds like... <laughs> well, it's... Yeah, no, I verified that. Wait, fact. okay, so what's your favorite storyline? Hmm, let me think about this for a second. I don't... I think uh, the Hugh Grant Prime Minister... Oh, that's so sweet. I think I like that one the best. My favorite's the Martin Freeman one, for sure. Yeah. It was just so cute. Oh, yeah, like, it's a great porn one. Porn stand-in yeah. couple. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I, I really like I that one. It's them. like 
I love it's also the most mm. complete one. I feel yeah. like I don't know. Hmm. It's got a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, this movie. It's almost like a fairy tale movie, I feel like. Cause, okay, the Colin storyline, right? It's completely ridiculous. He ends up having like an orgy in Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> like, most of these storylines, except for um, the one where the wife gets cheated on, it's almost like it's like this fairy tale, right? Like, everything is so happy and go lucky and it yeah. ends up in the end. Uh, yeah, I, I, they actually had we cut like four four other storylines out of the original and two mm-hmm. of them I thought sounded really interesting because one was, um, but they kind of darkened the movie a little bit. One was like an African-American couple who was like um, dealing with her same-sex partner um, having cancer. No, you can, you're you confusing them because I've seen them all. So one was the principal of the school who sh- oh, you still see her sex. in the scene. Yeah. And then her part, and then they, when the teacher comes on stage and announces the show, they cut out the part where he's like, this is, they acknowledge the fact that the principal's partner passed away. Yeah. There, and then there's the um, people in, I don't know what parts of Africa it was, but they cut back to people living there and the relationship problems that they have over there. Yeah. Oh. Which were which are fun, but I don't think you. It's just a lot. Like you don't. Yeah. yeah. No. But they were definitely like the like more serious. I feel like more serious. Ro- yeah. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. kind of brought the movie down, but they also were like the more serial. serial well, and then bylines. there's two really funny ones. One is where it's more about um, the Emma character and her son, my my horrid son Bernard. I love that line. <laughs> She's like talking about her son. Wait, for who is this? Emma Emma Thompson's son, who's the... What, okay. what part does he play in the... I don't, I don't even know. The, the lobster. No, that's they the all play, no. <laughs> they no. All play. Oh, you're lobster. right. That is the son. No, he plays the lobster. Um, the mache lobster. <laughs> the best line of the movie. Oh, no, my... Yeah, like, my son... My, uh, she's talking about her brother, and she's like, my brother gets to save the... I don't the know country. Oh, right. And I have to make a, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was... Um, Somebody coming into, who's the the widower and his stepson? Yeah. Why am I spacing yeah, on? Uh, Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam, Liam Neeson, uh, who has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> he, his computer, pop, and there's these constant porn pop-ups and he can't make it stop. And it's all of like Claudia Schiffer. Like, <laughs> it's, it was funny. Anyways, and then the son walks in and like takes a bullet for him. You mean the they have son like that learned how to play drums in a week? Things you, things you can do in one week. Learn an instrument. Learn a language. Get a divorce. <laughs> get a passport. <laughs> Again, this is a fairy tale movie. This just goes to my point. This is a Christmas fairy tale movie disguised as a romantic comedy. That's my theory. Because like half of these storylines are just, it's way too good to be true, right? And I'm okay with that. I love this. I, this might be my favorite Christmas movie. I don't know. The thing that's really over the top that I'm glad they cut was um, Tommy's, Thomas Brody Sangster was this gymnast character. So when he's running through the... Wait, um, who's who? What actor? The, the stepson. When he's running through the airport to get his girlfriend. Oh, he like starts mm-hmm. doing flips over the security it's like with, and the And it's obviously not him doing flips. So it's... <laughs> the. CGI is really terrible, so I'm glad to cut that out because oh, it's oh, wow. a bit much. Yeah. When did you see all these deleted scenes? Oh, they're all online. Are they? Yeah. Huh. I had no idea there was like this much stuff cut out. Oh, yeah. They had to. They, well, I'm sure they had to shrink down the movie yeah. quite a bit. Right. From what they originally. 
Going huh. back to the wedding, I just want to say that that scene with all the people popping oh, out with the amazing. instrument, it gets me every time. I love mm. that scene. It's probably it's one of so my cute. favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> 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 da, 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 da. I, I know, it. I'm thinking about my favorite storyline again. It, I think it's a tie between, because I really like the Portuguese woman. Yeah, too. I really do too. I Maybe was going to say that's like a close, close tie for me. They might have my favorite closer of any story. Just him... Like the whole town is there at the restaurant. He's like asking her to marry. It. Like I love that I they do both love that learned scene. the languages um, of each other. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I yeah. thought that was so cute that like she uh, she had she answered in English. I like, love that his such... subtitles are the broken Portuguese. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's really cute. It's I think they used nouns instead of verbs for the subtitles, but I think what's actually happening is him not conjugating any of the verbs and just using infinitive, huh. if I understand it correctly. But of course, you don't barely conjugate in English so they had to kind right. of switch it up a little bit for it to make okay. sense and then the band there's a band in the restaurant on the top level and the song they play is actually really really nice I Isn't kind it? of half wish they would have kept that song in as opposed to the like theme of the yeah. uh, that works too mm, I just really right. like the band playing interesting I want to talk about the this again 2003 is when the US started its Iraq war Okay. I believe. Um, and yeah, it sounds right. This superpower bullying of the United... Like, it was shocking to me that any modern nation was still... You know, developed nation was still, like, starting wars. As somebody who lived in Europe at the time, being, like, a little kid, I was like, what? Who's going to war with whom? No. Like, it was just amazing to me. And this movie deals with that in a way that's, again, a fairy tale. Of course, the prime minister can't be like, get the hell out of here, you American. That speech, like, you would just, like, you wish a politician would make yeah. a speech like that. And right? I think the prime minister, the actual prime minister was like, and yeah, that's really nice and cute in the movie, but, like, that's not reality. Yeah, not. no, he totally had you a know? whole speech where he addressed this. Like, I also don't think they dance around their house at night either. So you don't know. That's you know. <laughs> That's the no best idea. Scene. That's like That's my favorite. That's the best scene. <laughs> I almost wish it was like longer. Like, oh man, yeah. Hugh Grant like doing you know, the dance, and it comes he, out of nowhere. He that song and didn't want to. He didn't want to film it. It is like the last scene that they filmed with him because what? he was fighting against doing he's it such for a so diva. long. I know. Yeah, he's a pretty like British. Like I, I can see him being like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous. But it came out perfect. Is well, he's got the dance moves. Nobody knew. Watching that movie today, though, it's again when this period of where U.S. had the U.S. has a leadership that's not a good example of what I think a perfect government should be. So it kind of rings true again. Hmm. <clears throat> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just that that attitude of jingoism that the U.S. presented itself with and Europe kind of rejecting that at the time, like this movie embodies that perfectly. Yeah, they did a really nice job with it. And I I like how they address like, um, which is, you know, kind of something that's important these days with the Me Too movement with like him kind of pushing himself onto the... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it was the fact that they had that and acknowledged that that existed to me was like... I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but like how the power can be just as 
intimidating as actually yeah. like forcing yourself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because like, you can't, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, that like I love her response. Like it was, like, he's the president. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to act. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I, I like how they address that in, in the movie. I think lot. it's also really satisfying because you watch Hollywood is, you know, the epicenter of movie making mm -hmm. and they get other cultures wrong all the time without caring two, you know, bits about it. It's kind of nice to see America portrayed as like arrogant and like the stupid bimbos and yeah. the, you know, like <laughs> it's just funny for once. Like I'm not saying I have something against America, but I don't know. It's just like a nice change. It's a nice turning twist. the tables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you don't see that a lot. Right? I have to deal with weird fake Nazis all the time. So <laughs> Wait, what? You have to deal with fake Nazis? Yeah, in oh, like oh, every Hollywood movie. Yes. So uh, it's nice to have Sorry, the like, kind of switched around a little bit. You guys might want to explain that you're German, yeah. just in case that hasn't come up we in the past. It has come up. It has come up multiple times in other podcasts. So. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? One of my favorite scenes in that movie, and I, I, I just think it is very British that it's even in there, is the Barbie scene. Barbies, which you remember me. where she holds up the gifts to oh, give like, to the kids? Yeah, what do you, you? Oh, you didn't like it? Uh, the transgender and the so you don't like it because it's. I, I just think it was interesting to see you would never have that in America. Like, a, well, a, it, it was funny I don't at the time the scene at all. when she holds up the about? Barbies and she goes, "This one looks like a dominatrix and this one looks like a transvestite." <laughs> oh, and it was just a Ken doll dressed in like, right, um, bar, like female clothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but those are like. Are those Barbies? Like those Barbies exist, obviously. So I think uh, they dressed them up for that scene and put them in the box. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I think it's super random. <laughs> it's funny. I liked it. Um, I want to say something about the set design because I love Colin Firth's desk when he's still at home, and then also when he's in the countryside because mm -hmm. it's always really messy and it reflects his state of mind and how he works really well. And I think. The combination of that is when all the papers fly away and he hasn't made copies and he's not together. Yeah, he's at a hot all, mess. You know, and then he gets it together at the end. Yeah. Not not in between when she like kisses him and he lets her walk away and you're like, dude, what are you doing? But then he's like, No, I'm gonna learn this language, I'm gonna buy a plane ticket, I'm doing it. Like <laughs> <laughs> love it. Which does he fly to Portugal that same night, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he bought a plane ticket before. I think, right? And he, because he just drops off the he presents, must, right? and then yeah. he's like, "Well, he was supposed to be spend time no, there." No, 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 because he, no, he, he has like this random realization of like, like I can't, because he was gonna go to his family, and then he's like, "Wait, like I can't be here." Things yeah, you can do in one day. Who was buy a plane ticket? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I want to spend ticket. Christmas with that guy. Ugh, you know, that he's a really awkward. successful author. Maybe he's got a private plane. I don't know. We don't know if he's <laughs> successful. <laughs> I don't know. He's he can he's got like a maid and he's got this place in the countryside. I mean, he's he's doing fine, I think. Yeah, true, true. He's, he's got a lot of CDs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's fun about watching movies. Like the camcorder's got this giant VHS in it, and there's yeah. people got CD collections. It's like right before. I mean, what the, what the iPhone came out in like '08. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. That really primitive time period right after floppy disks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys feel about the storyline with Carl and Carl and the brother who's uh, mentally ill? It's, I mean, I don't, 
it's tied for the darkest storyline in the movie. I just right? don't know why they don't get together. I don't know why there couldn't well, be because a Because they're message. not all love stories and happy. <sighs> but I don't know. I think that it, that was necessary to kind of break up. Is the she just fairy like not tale. in the right state of mind to have a relationship? No, I just think that I think that for for me it was the the moment when I realized that they were not compatible was like she's sitting there on the phone. She's sitting there on the. She had just answered the phone and then they rang again and he's like maybe you just shouldn't answer at this time and like that's not something that she can do. Yeah, but he doesn't know that. Yeah, but how does that that's, make them that compatible? I don't know if to me that was like the pinnacle like if you understood what she was going through. I mean, he spent years like in a she always picks up her phone for him. It's like the number one thing. Like even the boss is like, "Oh, your phone's ringing." Like her world it's, kind of not, rotates around that well, phone call. But what Carl is saying is it's not helping him and like what is it's not about it, it is it's helping not him. about the brother it, it's not it's, about the it, it's their mm. relationship like that's that's what her role incorporates like i don't it's know how still, to it's still mm. weird there's no closure they just like they don't talk to each other again right like, i, I think it's, it just it, it, it's weird i don't know it works for me it doesn't work for me it doesn't work for me either no because i feel like i would want her not even just to get a relationship but maybe for her to just realize the way I am fostering this relationship is not healthy for me and is not healthy for my brother. And I think a lot of it has to do with these two Americans being in a you know, foreign country and then kind of clinging to each other and not forming, not allowing themselves, especially her, to form other relationships with pe- like, the people around them. But the last scene with them is... The presence. They're, they're, she's putting the scarf around right. her brother. No, I mean with with her and Carl. Like I just oh, do yeah. they talk to each other again after that night? They she don't. Did, right? Yeah, they they, they do. just say she good night. And it the, he looks Man. like he wants to say something, but he doesn't say anything. The whole thing's kind of weird like, to me. I don't she, know. I just I feel like, like it's different when you right have one me. person that's depending on you for everything, and you're the only thing that's like in their life that understands that or makes you sense. Can't have a relationship. Yeah, but I I. I'm not saying it's a healthy relationship. I'm mm. just saying it is the that's a common relationship. It, 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 yeah, it it's, is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm not everything in this movie is like so fairy tale ending and this is like the one thing that kind of like brings it back down to like well that reality. and the uh, I mean Alan's Rick, Alan Rickman's family. Yeah, it doesn't really a happy ending. Happy ending. Hmm. They stay together though. For the kids it seems like I mean they don't seem to be like crazy over each other anymore. It's like, oh, we'll like make this work for the kids. That's like the impression I get. Yeah, no, I get the same impression. I don't know. I just which? I, why is he getting? Why is he getting off the international terminal at the end of the movie? I don't know. He Where did he go? Business trip. Right. Okay. They don't really explain it, but I think <laughs> I think it just ties into the having to pull in all. Of the, no, I, I I get that. Did you? Do you guys? Did you guys ever go to the the airport when you were allowed to? Pick I remember up at, the times. Yes. You do? Okay. <laughs> um. I, I just, I love that scene. When you could, like, wait there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, like, one of my the favorite Denver places Airport to go. Denver still somewhat does it like that, but it's still not the same. Oh, yeah. Where everyone comes, like, it's out from so underneath. so funny. I'm coming, this was this past summer. I'm coming out of the L.A. airport, and it takes me two hours to get through. Just checkout after checkout, that's just fake feeling of security and safety really? and nothing makes i've never had to go through so many things scan this scan this somebody checks huh. your things again and then coming out of the plane coming out of the landing oh, and then that. like you haven't f- 
flown. This like, is flown yeah, this really. is new. And then kind of just coming, popping out in like Hamburg, Germany. It's like, here's your stuff. Bye. Like there's there's nobody checking. Like so they scan your stuff. You also have to go through customs, and then you gotta like go I wait for to, your bag. I can't remember the twenty million wow. lines and scans and that. new machines, and it was just all ridiculous. the simple times. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the Alan Rickman Emma Thompson yes. thing again when she's. And the movie allows this scene to be very long, and I super appreciate the it when she's scene? no, when no. she's crying in the bedroom. Oh yeah, it's a, always I always. Well, you know that was like all Emma Thompson. You know, like the the script had, gave no direction; it just said that she shows her emotion, and then she just like did that. But it's the Joni Mitchell tape playing, yeah, and her crying but trying not to wipe her makeup. It just feels. It doesn't feel like I'm watching a movie. It feels like oh real no, life. It's, it was mm. the it's the, one of the best scenes in that movie. Oh. It, it's like it's so gripping, but I'm just saying like that was all Emma Thompson. Like they let her go off, and they filmed it like twelve times in a row, and it was the only thing she filmed that day, and it was just that scene. And you you always notice when somebody's a great actor to me too when they know how to use their surroundings and her kind of fixing the bed oh, even though the bed is fine. That's exactly what a mother would do is like try and find something to pre. <laughs> I know I'm sorry, <laughs> something to preoccupy their mind like so that they can get their their like mindset to having to like be in front of the kids. Yeah, like it, mm. it, it's the way it, it's exactly how oh, it would have been handled. So it's great. Great. You know what, like Alan Rickman dancing with the secretary at the holiday party like right. In in front of his wife what's up with that that's so weird no he's terrible he's i mean I <laughs> but even if you're cheating on your wife that's just a weird thing well, i don't that... think he was cheating at that time like at that time i think it was still but him. just to be like dancing with your hot secretary right in front of your wife it's just very strange yep agreed i don't know i didn't like it alan what are you doing <laughs> Bug oh, eyes. also another thing that feels really organic is when um, they finally talk about that after the play, and there's somebody mm -hmm. cutting through them. Yeah, I find that a very interesting choice. Instead of having these two characters talk it out, there's somebody walking through because they're she, like, like says bye to them, right? He's like, yeah, bye, yeah. Merry Christmas, and I'm like, those are the little things that make me feel like what's the oh, most hyper realistic? Like, Everything else is a fairy tale, pretty much. And then that's like, a yeah, like we're just talking the whole crying scene, fixing the bed. Someone cutting through them right as having this serious discussion. It's like two seconds finding the kids and like just like right after that, like telling her husband that she knows and yeah. then like. But it's it hmm. almost all of the scenes with like Alan Rickman and Emma Watson are complete contrast Watson. to the. There's too I many mean, Emmas. I'm, There's Emma. too. I'm sorry. Emma, Emma Stone. <laughs> What's her name? Emma. Emma, Emma the locomotive. <laughs> All her scenes, it's almost contrast to the whole rest of the movie where it is just super hyper-realistic almost. No? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, it almost, it gives, it gives the whole movie some weight just through her performance. Yeah. Agreed. It anchors it. The yeah. anchor. You're the anchor, <laughs> Emma. Well, she's the best. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, like the things where Joe, they're about to miss the plane. And the little kid is, like, running through all the things, like, trying to get to Joanna. Mm -hmm. But then at the end, she has time to walk all the way back. Even though the plane's, like, about to take off, she walks all the way back that <laughs> way he ran yeah, just no. to give him a kiss. And I'm like, it's what? Ridiculous. What? <laughs> they would never hold that plane. They'd be like, bye. <laughs> Again, fairy tale movie. 
I have a story about that song that she sings, All I Want for Christmas is You. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think because of this movie, that's my favorite Christmas song. Really? Yeah. And huh. when I was living in New York, on a 110th Street Harlem, there was this tiny like grocery store that didn't sell anything healthy. Um, but it was during Christmas time, and I was shopping there, and that song came up, and I started kind of singing it to myself. And then, like, the cashier started singing it, and then the people in line started singing it. It was a scene out of a musical. (laughs) New York, the musical. Yeah, and we were all just singing the song, and then everybody was like, oh, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Why have I never had one of those moments? (laughs) I've never heard the story. It was was a really great moment. That's amazing. (laughs) It was the night of the 24th. Merry Christmas, everybody. Really Groceries sweet. are free. <laughs> I wish, no. Did you float out of the grocery Almost. store? Almost. <laughs> this is happening. Oh, also Colin Firth trying to speak French in the car, and he's trying to point out the beautiful mountains. I had a moment like that. Wait, you... French? Portuguese, he, I thought. He, I, he, except in that scene, he uses like Spanish and French. Oh, and he's nothing like jumping everything. Any sense. Oh, because that's the one where he didn't really like... He didn't know the Portuguese yet. No, so he was it's just, just like, no, it's triangle, when they're like, driving. Yeah. When yeah. they're driving in the car. Yeah, yeah. And the other night I had French customers and then I could understand what they were saying and they didn't speak any English. But then me trying to speak French back, I'm like, ah, 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 and they're just staring oh, at me like blah. with question marks <laughs> in their eyes. Like, I'm like, that's exactly how I felt. Like, so easy to understand. But then speaking it is like, sound like Colin Firth. Yeah. Um, also the, uh, <laughs> the scene with the ridiculous, like, Christmas exhibition of the naked people that have, like, the Christmas oh hats God. on them. It's art. It's, they're not funny. It's art. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> worst It's art. so spot on. <laughs> <laughs> also much. the, um, Carrie, or what's his name? Hugh Grant going, um, when he says hi, and then he's like, pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love Hugh, that Hugh sense Grant of humor. Is, he's amazing. He's amazing in this movie. And he, just all his little mannerisms, and he's yeah. constantly beating himself. It's like so British. Yeah. He's just beating himself up the whole movie, right? <laughs> like self detriment. Like ah, uh, you're just like he's the prime minister, and just like but so relatable in the movie because yeah. yeah. he's constantly <laughs> telling himself how pathetic he is. <laughs> Oh, that oh, scene where he like right after he gets Natalie fired and the new he like Natalie. the door opens and the new secretary comes in and you look he looks down at the cookies as she's leaving. It's regular biscuits. And they're regular right? biscuits yeah. and he's like just a sad face on his thing, like, I did that to myself. <laughs> well, it's also very um fairy tale like like you said, when mm-hmm. they go from door to door and I'm like you would just look up the address in a database. Yeah, you he's a damn prime minister. You would, he's like going from door to door. And the chauffeur you call turns Interpol out to be like, and, hey, or I mean, yeah, she was just employed a day ago. I'm sure they have her address, address on the file. file. <laughs> <laughs> but again, he knocks on three doors in this ginormous street and yeah. finds her immediately. And his chauffeur is like a, what, a tenor? Or oh, like that was so <laughs> great when he starts to sing in the background yeah. and Hugh Grant like looks around. <laughs> <laughs> like didn't know what the, his chauffeur was capable of. 
Also, when she tells him that she broke up with her boyfriend and he goes, oh, sorry, but he smiles as he's saying it. Like, he almost can't mm-hmm. help himself how happy he is about yeah. it. It's these little things that just... He's like a little kid yeah. as prime minister. It <laughs> <laughs> really is. Uh, when, when he, uh, I mean, he's got the best one-liners in the movie, for oh, yeah. sure. When, he, when he's looking at the painting of the queen, right? He goes, you no, sa- it's Who knows Margaret the queen? Thatcher. That's right, Margaret Thatcher. He goes, you saucy meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's fantastic. I still like the calling character a little more because he just makes me laugh every time. I wish there was more of the calling character in this yeah, movie because yeah, yeah. yeah. he's just... The absolute comic relief, goofy character of I like the movie. Emma, I like Emma Thompson's like little plays. Like she, when she goes, uh, "No one's gonna shag you if you cry all the time." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I find that very interesting because in two, this movie's from two thousand three. Liam Neeson's wife dies in two thousand nine, which uh, yeah. I didn't realize she was the granddaughter of Michael uh, Redgrave. He has a really great role in one of Hitchcock's movies, The Lady Vanishes. Hmm. And I didn't I didn't realize they were related like that. Foreshadowing Liam Neeson's life? Does his son play the drums too? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I just find that I feel like him real life Liam Neeson, what he's gone through and the mm. interviews you watch, it's just I don't know, it makes me really sad. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Oh, I have to say about that. Um, the other fairy tale, like really fable-like thing, is again how people dress. Karen Knightley is constantly running around with the midriff. Everybody's got like loose jackets open in the middle of winter in <laughs> England. Like it's not cold ever. That's yeah, where summer like dresses. Karen Knightley when she's on the boat with the sequins shirt on, and it's like windy and cold, and the oh. and and, and oh. you can see her like shirt like flying up, and you're just like. God. It's gotta be cold. Hey, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's what else? What else? You well, got? I think why this works for me as a romantic comedy is it's not incredibly sexual. I don't have to suffer through ten minutes yeah. of like scenes of hands touching skin yeah. with the jazz music. It's just people being awkward all the time. Like that's why the porn oh couple is my the favorite porn couple, couple. When he's like, they're fake having sex on the on the bed, and his head is just like knocking up. it. But it's this, <laughs> it's like a British awkwardness that you would never get in an American, like you know, like the Valentine's Day movie or something oh, like that. God. There's just there's something amazingly British about this movie that just yeah. so works with the uh, romantic comedy, and it's. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was just really well casted too. Just like all of that the is true, like, and it's I mean, just and the cast is yeah. just phenomenal. I mean, I love totally. Hugh Grant in this movie. I love Colin Firth. I love Emma Thompson, and the girl that plays um, Colin, not Colin, uh, Hugh Grant's secretary. Secretary, yeah. I, don't, I don't have she seen was, her in anything. She was Natalie. like, she was, I guess, in a huge like uh, show, a British show. Oh, all the time. Sure. and the movie that's that that part was written for her. Like it was, she was one of the original cast members. She was like what they wanted from start. They actually had originally named it after her and then changed it because they didn't want her to be cocky on their audition. So it was like a named Mateen. Named what? Her name is Mateen. Oh, that's a real name? Yeah. Got it. And then they changed it to Natalie afterwards because they didn't want her to be cocky. Fun fact. Fun fact. Going back to how all the stories um, are interwoven, sometimes they do that so well. Like the wedding and funeral have the same song 
And you mm-hmm. cut from him carrying the coffin to them dancing together at the wedding, or you hear the Christmas song on the radio, and then somebody's watching it. You know, mm-hmm. there's yeah, they really use, right. they use a, they use music a lot to tie in the scene. But then there's other places where it doesn't work, like the same character all of a sudden being in a different scene. You pointed yeah, like, that out. Right, it it messes with me, like right. Um, like Colin's friend, the only only name. black guy in the movie. No, there's the there's the Karen Knightley. Oh, I guess there is. Yeah, you're right. Okay, one or two black guys in the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's talking to Colin, and they're at the wedding. They're at the wedding catering. At the wed- wedding catering, one scene, and it jump cuts to the porn the couple. porn the porn yeah. couple, and he's a director. It but it's like bang bang right after each other. And it's like wait. Especially when you're first watching the movie, you're like, wait, is that the same guy? Like, it's it's just slightly confusing, the editing. But yeah. when you have all these storylines intertwined, like, it's it's got to be so hard to edit all that together smoothly. So Yeah, so good. they do a good job most of the time. The only other time is with, I always point this out, with my favorite porn couple. Martin Freeman, yeah. Yeah, because it cuts from him asking her out to go to the Christmas show. But then they come back from the Christmas show and she says, all I want for Christmas is you. But that hasn't happened yet because they still at the end of the movie go to that show. So they come right. back from the show before they go to the show. And the way it's cut together doesn't make any sense. So Which you can sort of make it work if you're like, oh, they just went out for a date the night before. And now they went no, to, like, I don't know. Because they wouldn't be wearing the same clothes. You're right. that, Women that's, don't that's wear the, the same clothes twice in a row. Because <laughs> yeah. I was making that argument. You're like, no, she's wearing the same clothes. I'm like, you're right. That's why she they says to him, that. all I want for Christmas yeah, is you. Yeah, because yeah. they just watched that song. So Again, but and especially... Because you got to think, I mean, I didn't know there were that many deleted scenes. So if you you have all this footage and then you sit, down, sit down at the editing table and it's, and I mean, it's got to be a monster to edit that together smoothly. So yeah, I, I gotta give if, if that's the most the minor editing. hiccup is, and it's still, you know, if you're not really completely paying attention, you wouldn't notice it because I never did until you pointed it out. I mean, you know, job well done. That's it. That's all I had about this amazing Christmas Me too. movie. It's a, it's a great Christmas movie. Watch it all the time, even <laughs> yep. when it's not Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's it for today's episode. Again, if you want to reach out to us, Instagram or Twitter at Modern Life Pod, or you can email us, modernlifepod at gmail.com. Um, in the podcast description below are all is our website link. Any other links you need for YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. There's also a link for Tip Jar if you want to support the show. So go and check that out. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye.